Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds podcast. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business. Stay here. Well, go about your business and listen, and then you can move along. Move along. And may the force be with you, always. everyone to the Credible Nerds podcast. This is our Star Wars Bad Batch review show and this time we will be reviewing episode three which is titled Replacements. Will the Bad Batch be replaced? Who's getting replaced this episode? Listen and find out. My name is Justin and I'll be your host and I have my fellow co-host fellow clone trooper with me Aiden. Hey guys. And we're back. Uh, please listen to our previous two episodes if you haven't already. We reviewed uh, the Bad Batch premiere episode, episode one, and then just recently episode two. So we'll be reviewing each of these um, episodes in chronological order, the way they're released in season one. So stay tuned for that, the upcoming episodes. And at some point, we will be going back and reviewing the Bad Batch as they were introduced to us in the Clone Wars season seven. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Uh, and then eventually we'll get to the Clone Wars season one through seven as well. So hope you like hope you guys like Star Wars because we sure do. And well, that's what we'll be talking about. All right. So last episode we talked about uh, how the Bad Batch they had to go into hiding after they left Camino, and they hooked up with their old buddy Cut Laquan. Well, I don't know if they were friends, but <laughs> Rex was friends. Rex's friend. Yeah. Yeah. So Rex gave him the intel at some point. We didn't really see that in the show. I, I think, think it was at the end of episode one. He kind of shows or tells him about an old friend of his on Seleucami. Okay. So they they make their way there. They uh, go hide out there for a bit, for trying to figure out what to do next. And we are introduced to the chain codes, which was ends up being a big thing now in this modern era of Star Wars. So that was cool. And then at the end of this the last episode uh cut laquan and his family escape uh Seleucami, the imperial um occupation and then our our heroes the bad batch and omega they take off in their shuttle so at this point in the series aiden what what are you thinking what are you expecting are these expectations being met like, kind of where are you at with at least in this your first watch when it was premiered what are you thinking about at this point you know, when I'm watching it, it, watching The Bad Batch in Season 7, um, obviously this is a super cool concept. You know, Clone Force 99, tons of connections that, you know, we'll talk about in a different series but or a different episode of just Clone Force 99 to the rest of the clones in the Clone Wars. Um, but you hear about this uh, whole new series about The Bad Batch specifically being released um, after order 66 and the whole time i'm just thinking like what is this going to be is this going to be you know like an imperial commando show are they gonna go rogue what's gonna happen and you know obviously we see them going rogue and um i guess i'm expecting you know just them to be running from the empire the whole time figuring out what to do and this is exactly what they're doing i mean they don't even know what they're doing right now because they're just trying to survive and do the right thing um 
but I guess I don't have too much expectation. Um, I guess um, story wise, like I'm not expecting them to do anything in particular besides kind of rebel. Yeah. Okay. So you're wanting to see them, you're open to what you see as far as them establishing an identity and what happens, what their mission, what their purpose is, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like Rex, obviously we know that he joins the rebels. You know, he's been, um, a rogue clone trooper since order 66. We see that in season seven and then also in rebels with the two other clones that he's with. And you also see him, you're invested in him already. You want him to be separate from the empire. You don't think that's in his character. Um, but the bad batch, we just don't really know much about. We've only seen them a few times. So, you know, they could go either way for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, the last episode they did they also talked about their inhibitor chip which led them to um, at least the clones the regs to execute order 66 and so they mentioned it a little bit in the last episode we talked about it a little bit and this episode opens with them on their shuttle escaping like we mentioned but echo and tech they're trying to figure out more about uh, this inhibitor chip and what they can do to I guess, first of all, uh, identify if they have it, because at this point it's just a rumor or a theory, but nothing that's really definitive at this point. One thing to add is they know it's in regular clone troopers. They've seen like what it it does to regular clone troopers. Rex had it and his taken out, and he's the one that let them know about it. But, you know, they're not normal, so they don't know if it's in them even, because they haven't you know, seen any effects really from it. I mean, we've seen a couple things here and there, but nothing, you know, obviously to the point of them betraying their Jedi and uh, everything else like that. So that's why they're questioning it. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out if they, the Bad Batch, have those chips. So they're pulled out of hyperspace. Um, they're trying to figure out what's going on and and they need to land on uh, like a crash land on this planet that they're approaching. One thing I remember about this episode is it's not so much focused on the bad batch. Um, the story is more, um, I guess, focused elsewhere. Um, obviously, it's the bad batch show, so they have to show them doing nothing. But I feel like this is kind of a placeholder episode for them. Um, as that squad because they crash land and you know something goes wrong with their ship and they have to spend the whole time fixing it that's what this episode is about but then um, in a little bit we're going to see the scene change and we're going to see some other stuff happening more focused towards the title replacements okay all right yeah this episode's coming back to me as we're watching it Um, a lot of it is they're stuck on this looks like it's a moon on a planet a deserted moon and they're trying to fix their ship. And this is the episode where Omega, like uh, an alien, steals their ship part or something, right? Uh-huh. It's like a, a power capacitor or something. Yeah. And so the this alien beast steals it, takes it back to his his lair, <laughs> and uh, they track. They have to track it down. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, I was there. I mean, there's some good things in this episode, but I remember afterwards during this i was like okay when's when are we going to get back to the the story yeah 
Yeah, this is a review show. We can talk bad about this episode. <laughs> this isn't my favorite episode as far as the Bad Batch is concerned. It does kind of remind me, it gives me um, Empire Strikes Back vibes when they're in the the space worm, mm-hmm. the stomach, where they're just kind of stuck there. Like the atmosphere seems the same. Uh, they're just kind of hiding there. out. Yeah. Trying to fix their ship, hiding out. Uh-huh. There's danger. Yeah, a very good point. And they are running from the Empire, so very similar vibes to Empire Strikes Back with Han and Leia and Chewie and 3PO trying to get away from Hoth and the Empire's chasing them. So uh-huh. so now it switches to Kamino, and this is where we see the real story right. really begin. Uh, Crosshair, he, he's still with the Empire on Kamino, and they're doing some tests on him, kind of see what's going on with him. Uh, they are... We were introduced to tech trying to create a device to test to see if they have inhibitor chips. And here on Camino, we have Tarkin running tests on with the Caminoan technology uh-huh. to find out more as well. Yeah, and they're specifically doing it on Crosshair, who was not keen to the bad patch running away from the Empire. Um, he's loyal to the empire. So I'm sure they're testing him to see what his inhibitor chip is to see if, you know, right now it's working fine, but later it might not. Right. And so here we have, uh, Tarkin, you know, he's one of the the top dogs in the empire at this point. And this is one of the few episodes that he's in. I thought it was a great idea to include him at least at the beginning of this series. So it kind of shows the, the importance of what's going on here. And what they need to figure out. I like when they include people that we already know. Like, for example, we have Rex in the beginning. And now we have, you know, the Kaminoans like Lama Su, Tan Wei. Mm-hmm. Um, they're introducing more. But then we also have, um, I think he's just Moff Tarkin right now. He's not Grand Moff quite yet. Right. Um, but, you know, we've seen him in the Clone Wars and then obviously A New Hope. Mm-hmm. But we, we kind of learn more about who he is in... Um, like his loyalty to the Empire in um, the Citadel story arc in the Clone Wars. Right. And here we have it. We see him. He gets a chance to kind of change the, the future of the Empire. He's trying to get rid of the clones. He's testing um, Crosshair to see how loyal he's going to be. But then on the backs, on the other end, he's recruiting regular people to be stormtroopers in in the empire and this is where we see that that stormtrooper clone trooper transition it begins right here and he they have an elite squad show up on Camino, and tarkin looks at him and is like okay are these guys going to be good enough and this is when we start to see humans regular people take over the the trooper role yeah from what i understand or remember too is in the clone wars Tarkin isn't too fond of clone troopers and really Jedi as well. Right. You know, he sees clone troopers as just soldiers to kind of a means to an end. You know, they're there basically just droids to win the war. Right. Um, you know, he was an admiral in the Clone Wars. You know, he he was in charge of clone troopers, but they were just starfighter pilots and soldiers to him. And I think he's not really focused on who is fighting the war for the empire here or who's governing he just cares that it's being done and we see a new imperial officer um rampart 
Yeah, Admiral Rampart, who, or Governor Rampart. I don't, I don't know what his rank is, but yeah, yeah. he's an officer, yeah. But he is kind of in charge of of the army at this point at Camino, and his idea is to conscript soldiers. Um, he thinks that he can find more loyal soldiers by paying them or... Um, just giving them a purpose, really. So he's trying to phase out the clone troopers and make them conscripted soldiers. Okay. So is that Rampart's idea, or is it Tarkin's, or both? I think it's Rampart's idea, and Tarkin um, kind of votes for it. He's on board with it. Yeah. To see where it goes. Okay. Well, I, I always wondered why they would rather have regular humans as opposed to clone troopers who are made and bred and trained from birth to be soldiers and then you got humans who can they're probably trained as as well but not as intensely and not as you know as in depth to be soldiers i always wondered why that changed yeah me too i mean as we see in the in the first episodes of this they immediately go from you know soldiers of the grand army of the republic you know these righteous soldiers that are fighting for good and they could just go straight into Imperial stormtroopers like that. So I, I always wondered why they changed. But I know, I, I guess they think that um, they can get more loyal soldiers and troopers from conscripting, maybe just feeding them bad ideology. Maybe they think that they won't fail as much if they can get real. Yeah. I mean, good soldiers follow orders. Um, right. Yeah, and I <laughs> guess with the Bad Batch, you see them not following orders. Yeah. Some clone troopers like Rex and Gregor and yeah. Wolf didn't. Yeah, and so there's a few that didn't, right? But uh-huh. I mean, I would say 99.9 percent of the troop clone troopers did. So I don't know why they're like, oh, we got to change because these guys are rebelling. I, I think you know because in in this episode we see. Um, basically the new bad batch um, it's the new elite squad mm-hmm. led by crosshair but the other soldiers are conscripted soldiers but we see them kind of more morally on the dark side so maybe they're hoping that they can get people like this motivate them probably with money yeah. and i guess also um the point is to have people like it says here is willingly enlist um rampart is talking about how he wants people to willingly resist or willingly um enlist enlist yeah that's the word um willingly enlist so that they can have motivation to serve the empire because you know they see some people see the empire as the all-ruling force they don't really care I guess they just see that as the the ruling entity. They don't care that the empire is bad or good. They just know that they won the war. Right. They were the republic. They won won the war, and so they. Well, this is the morally, I guess, questionable part of, you know, the stormtroopers. They're just serving the. The government, the army, the galaxy, as they see it. Um, and they're trying to help their families get through every day. So um, the empire entices them with, you know, these security, p- stability, yeah, exactly these money. benefits, yeah, um, that can help them out. So I think that's kind of what Rampart's going for is to say like, you need us, right? And here we we just watched the scene where 
We have Tanwe on one side. Is it Tanwe or Lamasu? Uh, Tanwe, yeah. Okay. On one side of Tarkin and Rampart on the other side, and they're both making their case. Tanwe is saying like, okay, these guys have been bred from birth. Kind of what we just talked about. You know, they're, they're trained soldiers. They're the elite of the elite type thing. And then Rampart's like, well, sk- those skills can be taught. We can teach regular people. We're going to save, I don't know, money, I guess, because cloning is expensive. We learned that in episode two and the Clone Wars. It's really expensive to create that many clones. But there's a, a, a bunch of just people in the galaxy that would want to join up and fight and you know earn money and establish themselves as a soldier. So it's financially better to do just regular people. So we see this play out. And Tarkin's like, well, it's, this a test is in order. Send um, this elite squad of regular soldiers to Sagarera's camp on Onderon and kill him, because mm-hmm. we sent the clones earlier and they didn't. Yeah. So let's see who who does it. This is one of my favorite parts uh, because I'm not gonna say anything quite yet because we're not to that part yet. But um, you see why. The Empire isn't that great. Right. Why it's like you see some people realize that like obviously we know the Empire's not good because it's it's the dark side. It's Darth Vader and Empire's or the Emperor's Empire. But you see other people kind of figure out that same realization as us. Yeah. The audience has more information than the citizens of the the story. Right. Yeah. Like we know Darth Sidious took over the Senate. He him and Vader destroyed the Jedi, all the good guys, right? So we have all that information, but the people in the story don't. A very select few do, like Yoda and Obi-Wan, basically. Mm-hmm. And a couple other Jedi, I guess. But, so then they go back to the story of uh, the Bad Batch on this moon. and They're tracking down the part that was stolen. But one thing, when they crash land um, on the moon, Wrecker hits his head. He gets hit in the head with some stuff flying around and then he wakes up from being unconscious and he's like, oh, my head hurts. And then from this point in the story, at least for a couple episodes, his head hurts. And yeah. so there, this is the the start of that uh, foreshadowing that we get in the next few episodes. About the inhibitor chips specifically. Right. right. So then this group is going to Onderon to wipe out Saw Gerrera's camp. And it's actually a mix of... There's Crosshair the clone and then this elite squad. And there's one guy who thinks he's in charge or he's going to, you know, be in charge. And so they're kind of, there's some banter there between him and Crosshair, who's going to be the leader of this group. Yeah, he thinks he's all cocky because they're switching out clones for mm-hmm. regular people. He's like, yeah, your days are numbered, clone. And <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. Good luck, guy. Yeah. And I think the outcome of this little conflict, for me, shows who's the better pick. Yeah, exactly. Me too. But I guess uh, Tarkin doesn't see it that way. Uh-huh. So we'll cut back to Andron. Uh, we got Saw Gerrera's group. They know, they're getting ready to evacuate, but they know something's up. And uh, this squad, this elite squad, starts to attack them. And here we have a pretty brutal... Uh, conflict in the sense that it's a small group. They're a lot of just regular people with some soldiers. They're trying to get out, and this squad just comes in and you know just takes them out. No mercy. 
Yeah, I mean, on or Saw Gerrera and Onderon, they had the Jedi and the clones help them out, person like personally. Huh. They've seen the Republic. They've seen what it stands for. They they fought against the Separatists, and um, they're good guys. Like those are some of the people in Star Wars that you can genuinely say are the good guys, and they saw that the Republic are the good guys as well, at least generally. Yeah, but um, like. They're portrayed by Governor Tarkin, or not Gov. Yeah, I guess he's Governor Tarkin. Um, he's portrayed as, or they're portrayed as separatist um, rebels, and that's why the Bad Batch didn't kill them before, and that's why they're sending these new ones out. Um, so basically, the good guys are being massacred by the Empire already. Yeah, it starts from week one. I, at least I think it's about it's around within the first month. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> the beginning. Latest. Yeah. So already they're starting to establish this uh, idea of dominance and they're going to do what they need to do to stay in charge. So, and with Saw Gerrera, it's good to see him back, this character back. He said he plays such a, I don't know, he plays a big role, but we don't really see this big role in the show or in the movie. He's like, it's talked about that he's this big player. But we see yeah. we see some things here and there, but nothing like you know Jin Erso in Rogue One. She was a big player, and we saw what she did in her group. Right? We didn't really yeah. we haven't seen that yet with Saw Gerrera. Yeah, I mean we do get to see like his contribution to the Rebel Alliance in Rebels and you know in Rogue One. But he's kind of a behind the scenes player, and we actually do see him in Jedi Fallen Order, the video game. Okay. He's a pretty big player in that, and you kind of see his, a little bit more of his story play out as he's a rebel, but more of a a rogue. Yeah, he's got different ideals. He's against the empire, but he's willing to take bigger uh, risks. And yeah, well, they hinted at that at in Rogue One uh-huh. that he's too extreme. You know, he used to be one of us, but he's too extreme, so we don't deal yeah. with him anymore. Uh-huh. So in Fallen Order, he's in that state where he's too extreme. I wouldn't say too extreme, but more like separate from the rebels. Like he is a rebel himself and he has people that believe in him, but he's not really with the main uh, group. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I, I bet they're going to have some sort of Saga Rarest series, whether maybe they he's in uh, Andor, the upcoming yeah. Disney Plus series. Maybe they deal with his story more. I would imagine they would at least address it, or maybe he's going to have his own series at some point. He's too, like they've hinted and... He comes back way too often for yeah, them to not. Yeah, so they're going to have to do something with that. They're definitely attached to him, Yeah, which they should be. He's a really cool character. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see him because I'm sure like people who are loyal to the Empire kind of just see him as a terrorist, like the terrorist. Yeah, yeah. That's probably why he went so extreme is because... They're always targeting him. It's like, uh-huh. oh, so we got to get Sagarera. And so he's like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> yeah. Do what I need to do. Um, so, yeah, then they cut back to this elite group. Um, they they capture this uh, cell of what they call terrorists, uh, Sagarera's group. And they, they have the, these citizens that are just trying to get off planet. And this elite squad just, you know, kills them because they're on the wrong side, even though they're defenseless. And then we have this confrontation between um, Crosshair and that 
cocky elite squad soldier guy and crosshair just takes him out because he was didn't like him i guess <laughs> well what happened was he was a little unsure of what they were doing he sees that they're just citizens i think this is a different guy than the cocky guy oh, okay. um he sees that they're just citizens and they're good guys just trying to get off the planet they're not separatist rebels i mean they don't agree with the empire but they're not some big threat right and half of them are not even armed or anything yeah so he's kind of like why are we doing this like why so, am I killing them? Yeah. So he has a conscience like the Bad Batch did when they had, uh-huh. were given the same orders. And this is where I'm, like what I was talking about before, like he's realizing that the Empire is not that great. Yeah. They're not the Republic. Um, he just murdered some defenseless people for no reason, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then he questions Crosshair, like, why are we doing this? And then Crosshair shoots him and says, good soldiers follow orders. Yeah. <laughs> So, I again, it proves the point that clones are superior, superior <laughs> on, on the whole, right? So, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to it later in the, the season or the series. So, then we go back to uh, this moon. Hunter and Omega went down, chased after this alien that had stole the, the power inhibitor. And Hunter gets disabled. His mask gets knocked off and it's, it's hard to breathe, so he passes out. But then Omega, she goes down this tunnel where the, the alien lives, finds the alien and the the thing that they need. And the alien's all scary and mean. And she's like, what do I do? She has a gun. She's, is she going to shoot the alien or not? But then she realizes this monster is just defending himself. He's just scared. He's scared of the light. So she has a flashlight. and She realizes... Well, if I turn the light off, he's not going to eat me. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so she figures that out. It's like, oh yeah, I can I can work this a different angle. And I guess that's one thing that we see Omega is good for. Is she's very empathetic. She, um, this is where it's more child friendly. This is the right. the kid appropriate part. So he, which or, is good. Yeah, I mean that's not bad, but you know. We all see it coming, <laughs> yeah. but she's the one that can kind of show reason to the parts where the other clones can't. Right. Um, so she's empathetic to the the beast here. She understands it, gets the part back, and yeah, yeah. The beast eats uh, power. That's its. I, I don't. Know, I guess it's its food source. Yeah, and we see this a couple times with other stuff, like um, in Rebels. We have those like sky whales that are the hyperspace yep guys yep so she realizes hey she he's just hungry wants this power so she i think she gives him the flashlight yeah and then she grabs the the part from the ship and they heads out and then they're able to go back to their ship so so here's where crosshairs group comes back from the mission and they return to camino and tarkin's like looks like you're one guy down um and rampart was like i guess that's risks of battle they know what happens yeah yep. and then it's just kind of a report from them yeah so they report that sagarera escaped but um so they didn't get him and we see that tarkin's kind of like oh these guys succeeded where the clones didn't which they're kind of focusing on the wrong clones here like 
clone normal clone troopers definitely could have done that by themselves but i guess we yeah. see him seeing the wrong thing and he's like the clones are too cost effective they're things of the past yeah and we have to move towards the future yeah but they're not totally convinced to get rid of them as it right now anyway uh-huh. i mean they have tons right now yeah. so they can't just that would be even more cost deficient i guess yeah it'd be a waste of money i mean they have all these millions of clones and then just uh, get rid of them uh-huh. so i think they're they're still open to exploring regular people as troopers obviously we know what happens there yeah but uh oh this part is is pretty interesting we have because one one thing that I was interested in seeing coming into this show, at least after the first episode when they established that Camino's going to be in it and um, we're going to have stuff on, on Camino, scenes on Camino, I guess, was how do the Kaminoans continue to interact with the Empire, this new Empire? Uh, we know that the clones, that project eventually gets shut down. Mm-hmm. So what what happens with them? You know, what's the deal with them? And it is revealed throughout this the show what does happen, which I was glad to see. And one scene at the end is Tan Wei and Lama Su are talking about how Rampart wants to make the clone troopers obsolete. That's his goal. And so they're worried, like, you know, what are we going to do in the future? Um, they want to make sure that the clones continue to remain relevant and uh, important. But the original genetic DNA of Django Fett, I think they mentioned this. I remember seeing it somewhere. Maybe it was Clone Wars or something, or maybe in this show earlier. But the original DNA of Django Fett is degrading. And so it's, it's harder to make clones. Yeah. And Django Fett's no longer around. Uh huh, and you know it's been a few years, like the entire Clone Wars since Jango Fett has been alive, and since the clones have been in service. So it's not like these clones are are new or anything. Like it's understandable that Jango Fett's DNA is degrading, and I'm sure they saw this before. And you know, the Kaminoans are businessmen. Like, this yep. is their service that yep. they're providing, and yep. they don't really care whose allegiance, but they, I guess they kind of thought that once the Clone Wars was over, that, I, I guess I don't know what they thought, yeah. but um, they need money somehow. They, <laughs> they're not really rebelling against the Empire. They just need, they just need them to pay them. That's their livelihood. That, you know, they got that government contract, which is a cash cow, where they can just continue to provide the service. They continue to get paid. The Empire needs soldiers. So they were probably anticipating that they would have this contract or this, you know, this um, opportunity for years. But yet it's been three years and they're already talking, hey, we're going to end it. Uh-huh. So they're probably scared. And, you know, Emperor Palpatine, or I guess Chancellor Palpatine at the time, had been influencing the war, but then he found who he wanted as his Padawan, and he ended the war right then. He was like, now is the time. Yep. So it wasn't really up to anything else besides him. So this is sudden that the war is ending, so they're probably trying to scramble and figure out what to do as well. Yeah. And I'm sure like with the Republic, they had figured something out to keep them having soldiers just to protect yeah. the galaxy that they would have secured. But Yeah. I mean, wars generally last a long time, especially one as huge as the Clone Wars was, where it's half of the galaxy against the other half. I mean, that could have been, you know, decades. Mm-hmm. But 
like you said, Chancellor Palpatine's like, okay, I got what I wanted. It's time to, to end this. And it was very sudden for them. But I do like, there's a, a line of dialogue here that says, now it's time to begin the next phase. Mm-hmm. So they have a contingency plan. And that's very interesting to me. It's very political, I guess. So if they're thinking that they have this experiment to uh, create a superior clone, it will, they're thinking that it'll cement their relationship with the Empire. So this is where I kind of just kind of theorized by myself is what Omega was bred for. Okay. Because um, we see, we know that um, Boba Fett was, um, from this show, we we know that Boba Fett is alpha. He was the, kind of the backup for Jango Fett, but obviously he went rogue. He's no longer around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had Omega, who's, this, he's, she's I guess original Jango Fett DNA unaltered, which I don't quite understand yet. But this is Star Wars; we're not supposed to understand everything. <laughs> I don't know how he, how she can be unaltered DNA if she's you know not the same gender. But yeah, there's some alteration. Yeah, but I guess you know she's not like enhanced in any way. I guess or right, um, like she doesn't have any of the the aging things where she ages super fast. Yeah. Okay. So I wonder if she was bred to be kind of the backup for Jango Fett. They um, did mention the superior clone. So is she the superior clone? Maybe. She's only, what, 10 or 12? And here it says the clones required will not return willingly. So this is what the Bad Batch was bred for. They're not mistakes. We've, we kind of see that, or I guess come to the conclusion that in the Clone Wars, they're kind of the mistakes, they're... Um, outliers but they were desirable but then in the bad batch we find out that they were made that way on purpose yeah there's a reason that they are created and do what they do and so yeah the Kaminoans Kaminoans they need those guys that DNA whether it's Omega or the bad batch or all of them mm-hmm. they need them back and that starts to play out as the series goes on yeah so, um, after that, we have Crosshair showing up with his elite clone squadron, and they take over the, uh, the Bad Batch's barracks, and he's back where he started. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think's going on through his mind here? Is he sitting down on his bed, just kind of thinking? I don't know. It makes me wonder if he's regretting his choice or not. Right. Um, I don't. I don't quite know because as we see it play out in the rest of the series, he doesn't regret his decision as far as we know. He kind of just goes all in. But here in this episode, we see we see him look at the wall with all the scratches of the missions that they've gone to. Yeah. And, you know, he just came back from a mission where they massacred innocent civilians. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if he's thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, he is part of the this these clones that they were the Kaminoans were just talking about. Uh-huh. You know, he has a higher purpose, but yeah, he's just a regular soldier now. Yeah, but I do think you bring up a good point. He's thinking about it. I think there is some. Uh, I get the sense, the look on his face, and his how he's reacting. There is some regret, whether it's the mission they had to kill these people, or 
I think he's regretting more, more likely he's regretting the change. The group was together. Now it's just me. I got these scrubs with me and they suck. Yeah. They're just normal people. <laughs> normal they're people. not enhanced in any way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if it's regret or more of just kind of like wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Maybe like he's just kind of contemplating everything. Because right. I don't know if he regrets staying with the Empire or not going with the Bad Batch. I just think he wishes that the Bad Batch stayed with him. Yeah. I don't know if he really cares that he... Or I guess not cares, but I don't know if he wants to have gone with the Bad Batch. Because obviously we see him very loyal to the Empire. Yeah. So I wonder if he just wishes that his brothers stayed with him. Yeah, that things hadn't changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably more likely. So... All right. Uh, so then we cut back to the clones in the ship with Omega. Uh, one of the things brought up in the prior episodes was she didn't have anywhere to like physically stay or sleep. So she was kind of in a temporary station, a temporary spot for a while. But here we have Wrecker. He created a bedroom for Omega, a place where she can belong. So this is the beginnings of her belonging with this group. It's a physical representation of, hey, you're part of us now. Yeah, it always makes me laugh because they put her in a turret room. Yeah. Like you put the (laughs) the little kid who's curious in a turret. Yeah. For her to spend time by herself. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Target practicing, I guess. (laughs) They'll be sleeping. All of a sudden, she starts going, going ham on the guns. Yeah. Shooting things. Yeah, and... I guess the significance of this is like the Bad Batch before they had, you know, an extra group member when Echo got came on board. Um, he, I'm sure he didn't have his spot on the ship, but they also had the barracks before Yeah. Um, at Camino. But now she kind of, I guess not needs it, but it's more essential for her right. to have that. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, it's a... Uh, a mediocre episode, but there's a as far as action, there's a lot of good things. It's in the subtext, the conversations, not necessarily the action. So overall, I liked it. I better when we sat here and watched it and reviewed it this time. I came away with a better respect for it this time. Yeah, I mean, as far as the bad badge goes, not too much happens. But as far as the transformation from the Republic to what the Empire is as we know it. There's a lot that goes on. There's lots to talk about there. I feel like we had to pause a lot (laughs) during this episode to talk about um, Crosshair and what he's doing rather than the Bad Batch and what they're doing. Because personally, I don't really care about that too much. I don't care that Omega got her own room. Right. Um, But I do care about the switch from Clone Troopers to Stormtroopers. Yeah, that's way more intriguing for us at this point. Uh Uh-huh. And it's cool to see. I mean, we saw familiar characters. We saw the moral dilemma of some of the conscripted soldiers already. Um, We see that switch from good to evil as the Empire goes from the Republic to the Empire. It's really cool to see, and I'm glad we get that um, from now on, I guess, with the Bad Batch. And I know we'll see more as the next season comes out. And as this season goes on, there's so much that happens. Um, we see armors change, more conscripted soldiers. We see conflicted clone troopers. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of good stuff. And this is the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because um, 
by the time a new hope rolls around, maybe even rebels, most of the clones, if not all, are gone. Uh-huh. It's just regular people. And here we have in this very first interaction where the clones went on a mission, couldn't do it because it was wrong. They send these new guys in, and one of them is like, no, that's wrong, but he's killed. Mm-hmm. And he's an elite soldier. He's been, you know, he's hardened, battle-worn, all that stuff. He knows you got to follow orders, maybe not as intensely as the clones, but he knows there's an order, you got to do it. And he's not a newbie, basically. But yet he has a, a conscience. Uh-huh. So if this hardened soldier who's been around for a bit, seen some good action, is already questioning, what about these new, this influx of, tons of just regular people who are there to earn a living and you know after the clone wars there isn't a lot of battle there's probably some local things and you know no war though essentially they're just police yeah yeah so these people when they're told to do something that's wrong they're going to be more likely than this other elite squad to not follow orders yeah but i also wonder it like because we see the Emperor and, you know, Vader as well really just influence the rest of the galaxy yeah. that, you know, at first that the Jedi are bad. And people went right along with that because True. they don't know too much about it. Right. The galaxy's huge. Some people have never even seen Jedi. Some people have never heard of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Emperor just says, like, the attack by the Jedi left me scarred and deformed. They're the bad guys. That's why we killed them. They're traitors. Right. And people just went along with that. And, you know, some people knew the Jedi and that was probably the minority of people. Um, so I, I think the morality of future people comes from, I guess, their need for money, but then also just their lack of knowledge, their ignorance and, the true character of the empire because you know they are gonna have the rebels painted as terrorists in the future they're just gonna be people trying to overthrow the government and as far as the stormtroopers are concerned they're getting paid they're getting taken care of by the empire so yeah that's a good point they're gonna see these other guys as the terrorists the bad guys when really they're the bad guys and also as well like People in, you know, like Luke Skywalker has never seen a good Jedi. Right. Like he was a baby, like he died after, or he was born after Order 66. So I'm sure that's along with the rest of the galaxy. Like they don't know the Jedi. They don't know that they're keepers of peace and justice. They've heard myths. Right. I mean, he knew Obi-Wan, but he didn't know Obi-Wan. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He was just this crazy old guy living in the desert. Right. Yeah, he's one of the greatest Jedi the whole the whole time. Uh-huh. So if he doesn't know, and he personally knew him, had seen him, I guess. And so if he didn't know, then what's regular Joe on planet so-and-so who's never even seen a Jedi going to think? Exactly. And so I'm sure they're just totally ignorant. And like, um, also we know that the Emperor never comes out of his chamber. So they yeah. don't see that he's doing anything wrong. He's right. just the Emperor, the all-powerful. Yeah, he's leading the, the galaxy, doing his thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, they don't know he's the most powerful Sith the galaxy <laughs> has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and even Vader, they they know of him, and but they don't really... He's I mean, like the Enforcer, I guess. Yeah, like he's, he's the Emperor's hand. Like... Mm-hmm. like 
he just comes when things are really bad. But what he does is he comes and takes out the rebel terrorists. Yeah, That's what happens. The bad guys. Uh-huh. According to them. So cool. Yeah. So that's episode three replacements. So what, who are the replacements? The replacements are, is it the elite squad? The, yeah, the conscripted soldiers, the new guys. Uh huh. We yeah. saw them kind of take over the barracks. And I think symbolically that just means the rest of the clone trooper is home. Yeah. Yep. So good episode. Like we said, better the second time. Um, a lot of cool stuff going on, but next episode is episode four, uh, cornered, and we'll get more into the story and see what happens next. This is more Bad Batch centered, if I remember correctly. So we'll see more of the guys, our heroes, uh-huh. and what they do. So, thanks for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast as we review Star Wars: The Bad Batch season one. Thanks for listening, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you.